Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week we got the Dolphins losing a rough game on the road to our hated rival Jets. Back at home, the Hurricanes don't have enough to beat North Carolina. The Panthers are getting ready to drop the puck this Thursday to kick off the season, and we're one week closer to our favorite phrase. Pizza mañana. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. Bam, bam, bam. Yo, I always do that, dog. I catch myself doing that. All the time. What's that? The intro? The, just um, vibing to the intro? Just always. Well, I mean, because it's a hard-ass beat. Shout out to Ace. And, um, and so is the OnlyFans intro. Oh, shout out to Ace yet again. And shout Straight out to fire. Axel. Yeah, dog. Brought that Killing man out of retirement. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. That we guy's a that, fossil. We brought that guy out of <laughs> retirement, dog. But yeah, OnlyFans kicking off. Um, week five is in the building. And you guys can go check it out right now on YouTube. Make sure to hit that like, comment, and subscribe button if you haven't already. Um, and again, shout out to Ace. Shout out to Axel for hooking us up with that dope intro. And shout out to you, bro, for putting it all together, my man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, just something quick. You know, we got we to gotta get a more official one. Um, but yeah, yeah it was man. a it was a whole team effort, man. It was yeah, awesome. It was beautiful, hard, all keeping together. Um, but yeah, that that video's out. The week five recap for yesterday's loss. Um, go check that out. Make sure you, you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Absolutely. Let's talk about it, bro. <laughs> a forty to seventeen loss, and the the score is a little bit misleading, right? Because it wasn't that much of a blowout. Those last twenty one points that separated us in the fourth quarter were kind of like. Out of nowhere. And it was almost like we saw the wheels creaking a little bit in these first four or five weeks. And then the, finally the wheels came off in that fourth quarter on the defense. And it was like, all right, we got nothing else to offer here. You know, and they just ran it up, bro. Yeah, it was two different halves. So we went into the halftime down 19 to 17. We almost had the lead. Um, we had a Jason Sanders miss field goal. And that right there, you know, it just it cost us the lead going into the halftime. Who knows if that would have changed anything. But at the end of the day, we couldn't get anything going on offense, you know, in the second half. And like you said, they, they had, you know, they had a few plays where they were able to just kind of get, get down inside the in the red zone and capitalize. Absolutely. And, at the, you know, they, they put up, what, 21 unanswered on us in the second half. Yep. Most of that coming, I think, in the, in fourth, the fourth quarter. All of it was in Gar- the fourth. You know, what you would call, go, go, quote, unquote, garbage time maybe. Um, but Not necessarily, bro, because yeah, it, wasn't, if, it wasn't that late, I guess. Because when we went into the fourth, it was like, all right, we got the ball. Let's put a drive together and let's see what we make out of it. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because... The guy leading that drive is not the guy that we were expecting to play on Sunday, right? Teddy B goes down on the first play from scrimmage pretty much Wild, for us. Wild, bro. Wild. Weird. Weird series of events. He didn't look that bad when he, he went down. He got hit in the elbow, right? Well, he, he was out for an elbow, but I think officially he got ruled out because of the concussion. Correct. You know, because they're not going to just take you out of the game for an elbow injury if you're still in there willing to take snaps and able to take snaps and hand off the ball and all that. You know? Right. He knows the playbook uh, better than anybody. Took all the reps these last 10 days, you know, with the ones. So we had a whole game plan. We talked about this on, on the show yesterday. Uh, we had a whole game plan going into it. And, and first play of the game, that game plan was out the window because now we had to bring in the rook. You know, which is good. We wanted to see, we, you know, the Rook at some point because he did so well in preseason. He was, you know, probably the best player of the preseason, you know, for sure. Arguably, best quarterback. You can argue sure. he was the best quarterback of the preseason, you know, just with his stats that he put up. 
But, you know, we didn't think we were going to have to see him. At least me. I, I was hoping not to have to see him so soon. You know what I mean? Now, two out. First game with Teddy B. First play. He's out. Now we see the Rook. And sure enough, we end up, you know, with Murphy's Law, right? When things, uh, what is it? What's Murphy's Law? When things go bad, they can go really worse. But that's not the law, but that's my law. No. Fuck. What's Murphy's Law? I can't remember the exact. I'm losing it. Um... But it's along those lines, right? It just everything goes bad. And then we lost to Ron Armstead, which is our starting tackle, our star tackle that we signed in the offseason. And so now we have no quarterback. Well, we have our third string quarterback. Right. We're missing our starting tackle. And now we had to get creative. That's where the run game came out of, um, which was good the first half. But we just we just couldn't keep that up in the second half. Oh. We didn't have enough depth. No, we didn't. And, and look, and even even the guys who were playing, weren't playing 100%. And you know what? Right. We can honestly say that about any football team, right? It's it's week five. Football is a hard sport. There are going to be injuries. You're not going to be 100% for the entirety of the season. But, you know, we saw Jalen Waddle with an injury kind of question mark to play in this game. Didn't really have an impact. Uh, Tyreek Hill, same thing, questionable to play this game. Ends up playing. Has an impact, but not the one that we're used to seeing, right? Um, another game where he leads us in receiving and attempts and all that stuff. His fifth. And I just think, like, it It wasn't the offense that we're, we got accustomed to, you know? And a lot of that has to be with Tua being out. And the ability of the offense to continue to perform without him. Yeah, we saw that huge drop off, and by no means at all is this an attack on Skyler Thompson. No, but he's not it. Well, not yet. I mean, he's a rookie, man. He's for a all rookie. for all intents and purposes, he's not it. He's not the guy who's supposed to come in and save us. Right. It was. It's Tua. This is Tua's team. Tua, and then worst case scenario, Teddy B. And look at that. We went beyond worst case scenario. Now we're at oh shit, things are really bad, and we got no idea. Who, what do you, you know who our fourth string? quarterback would have been if cedric if wilson i think cedric wilson yeah bro our what fourth string third string receiver Seventh string receiver it seems like that guy hardly gets Se- playing seems time. like right but that was that's our fourth qb man so i hope teddy's okay i i don't know what's going on we just got word that two was um there's no word there's no update yet on two on if he's gonna play you know against the vikings this this sunday right um I'm, well i'm really hoping he does man everything all the tests came back i think i said on only fans they came back positive i meant they were positive results Right, that's came back <laughs> negative, um, but we need we need our QB one to play in order to have For a sure. chance in this game. And look, we know he's not going to be back this week, and probably back not back against the Steelers. Right? What, what Why, head coach? Though, man? Mc- Why? Let's hear what McDaniel had to say. Um, he said he's not thinking about the timeline for Tua's return. He noted that Tua is not ready to return to football activity yet, and he's being evaluated every 12 to 24 hours. Um, He's in the Dolphins team facility, hanging out with the team, doing well, but the main focus is them getting him healthy. Uh, He also went on to say that, um, you know, he cares a lot about Tua. He wants Tua to be able to play his natural sport and whatnot for the entirety of his career. But they're going to take it game by game, day by day with him. And and we saw the effects of this happen with Teddy B, right? Like, Teddy B, we didn't see him go down. None of the cameras witnessed him going down as far as head injury goals, right? But they pulled him. He got pulled aside, put into the tent, and then concussion protocols took over. And he's still in concussion protocols. Yeah. So 
His his availability for that game against the Vikings is up in the air at the moment. I didn't see that. That like it didn't crazy. Is that man. nobody saw it? That's the thing. Unless you were in attendance, it wasn't shown he, on TV. He got None to the throw the ball. It. He even got to throw the ball away, like and everything, which ended up that that resulted in the intentional grounding. Correct. I, um, you know, there was an intentional grounding that got called, and he was in the end zone throwing the ball. Intentional grounding gets called. That's an automatic safety, and then we ended up punting the ball away. But um, he he was able to get the ball away to who, who I guess maybe Gasecki was in that area. Somebody maybe Edmonds or or Moster might have been in the area, but they were blocking. They were they weren't even looking, and that's why they got called for for the grounding in the first place. But the the hit didn't look that bad, man. And Skyler Thompson, you know, he went down. There was one time where he went down and it took him the second to get up. Yeah, and he took was, a hard hit. He was taking a couple hits during that game too. Um, so that's not what we want to see for any of our quarterbacks, bro. Yeah, no, for sure. And like the the, the injuries are starting to pile up. And it's early and, in the season. Too. And it's, it might be too early in the season, dog. You get what I'm saying? Like we're going to need some type of like, I don't know, man, but we need to get these guys healthy. Two of most importantly, I'm not worried too much about the Vikings, and I'm not too worried about the Steelers, right? Because the Steelers look like a terrible team. Um, the Vikings are a good team, so maybe without Tua, we don't beat them anyways, right? So not worried about that game. Yeah, it'll suck to lose three games in a row. Bro. It'll suck, but it's kind of like what Martin said on OnlyFans. It's so deflating. It's kind of like where you where you take a step back and you look at the bigger picture and you're like, all right, you know what? This is a wash. Three games with Tua, three games without Tua. We obviously see that the, the biggest X factor here is Tua. Because even without the other injuries, if Tua plays, we have a better shot of winning the game ultimately. My, my, my main concern is what I'm seeing from this very talented defense and a defense that we were relying a lot on. The, the tackling has been horrendous. Oh, I got a word for you. An SAT word. You ready? Go ahead. Abysmal. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a great word. That's a great word. But that's a great word to describe the, the defense this Sunday, especially in that second half. The first half, they, they hang on there. I saw, K, you know, Kater Kohu, he was starting because he, he well. was out. He did okay. There He, he slipped up a couple times, too. Um, he got beat a couple times. He got penalized. There was a, a penalty that got called on him. Yeah. So, there's, you know, there's, there's room for improvement there. But, you know, that kid's a rookie, too. Right. Yeah. And we're asking a lot of him to step in for a guy like Xavier Howard. And, you know, there's other other injuries on defense. The The front seven, we saw Phillips was active. We saw I saw uh, Jalen. Um, Jalen Phillips was active. Right. He played well. And then what's his not name? great. And then Wilkinson wasn't a f- Chris, was it Chris was, Wilkins? Chris Wilkins did not have Wilkinson. his. I just pulled the U. I know. Dog. Ah, you got me, dog. Got After all ass. these all these months of recording, got you calling wrong people's names. But, Chris Wilkins, but Chris Wilkins didn't play well either. He did okay. He did okay in the beginning, but, first but half. I say he half. didn't play well, but like for even in the second half, for like because yeah, it was kind of a stalemate until the fourth quarter, but. Man, against this offense that that the Jets have, which is not that dangerous, um, they really haven't shown to be an offensive juggernaut as we faced before. So, what the hell is all of this? And we're giving up so many yards. Another game that we give up over three hundred yards. I said it on OnlyFans. We're the worst defensive team when it comes against the pass. Point to whatever injuries you want, but that means that we're not getting enough pressure, right? Without having to blitz on passing plays. 
that's what it breaks down to me. So let me ask you this, dog. Do we got to start pointing the finger or at least like looking in the direction of Josh Boyer, our Hell defensive yeah. coordinator? Because there's one play in particular that I'm thinking about. It was like an early play. And I know this happens. This is breakdowns and, and coverages and, and, you know, every, players should be able to cover everybody. But there was a play that Jerome Baker was downfield covering a receiver where, frankly, I don't think Jerome Baker needs to be, be in that position in coverage. Especially with as many... Returning players that we have on this defense, everything staying the same, the scheme being the same, all of these things, a lot of consistency on that defense for it not to be performing at the high level that it needs to be right now. Right now, it's only a middle-of-the-pack defense, and that's by the grace of the defensive running, um, the run defense that we have, right, where teams are electing to throw more on us than try to run on us. But even when they do run at times, they're effective. We just gave up 97 yards to the Jets, to one of the Jets running backs, right? They had over 135 yards on a day. So that means that everything else that they had as far as three yards. Three rushing touchdowns. Three rushing touchdowns. And as far as production, one of them came no, from. No, four. From the quarterback. Because Carter had two. Correct. I want to say Brees Hall got one in the Correct. end. Correct. And the, Wilson had and one. And Wilson had one. So back to it. If we're if the run defense is the best thing about this defense, it didn't play well on Sunday. It didn't show because they had a great running game against us. Back to back weeks where we see teams have a good running game against us, meaning consistent game or back to back games, I should say, where they have consistent run attempts against them. And now you combine that with the amount of injuries that we have in the backfield and the weaknesses that we have down there trying to defend. This defense is not playing well. It's not balling. It's not balling. And if you look at the wins, the wins were offensive because we made a play, a big play to get a touchdown, to get ahead, and the defense did its job. Bend, but don't break. Bend, but don't break. But it's hard to not bend and break when you're down, right? You need the offense to put up to put up points. If not, go out there and put up, put up points your damn self. And that's the one big difference that we're seeing between this defense so far and last year. Go back and look at the amount of touchdowns we've, we've been able to generate on this defense using the same schemes. The interceptions are down. Um, the, the sacks are down. Production is down, but across the board, you got to look at the correlation and health is down, man, across the board. But without Byron Jones, we're that's without one Xavier big injury. Howard. Where without Xavier Howard, those those are two big injuries. Well, right there X got hurt mid game, so but he was to to your point. That guy, that guy started the season. Already. I feel you. He's already had issues with you know with his groin or whatever's going on, and he's like, compensating. You know, and it just kind of gets worse. You yeah. know, so uh, we need to for for the Vikings going into the Vikings game. You know, we need to we need to clean up the penalties. Number one, both on both sides of the ball, Eleven off, offensive and defensive. We got yards, some called bro. in our favor. Some of those deep, you know, the bombs that were like, you know, where Tyreek or, or right. Waddle got caught up. Somebody was holding them or whatever, and we got those pass interferences. But on the other side, we also got penalties called on us for True. stupid stuff, bro. Like just the wrong formation. Or or false starts or on defense face mask. I don't know how many face masks I saw that game, man. So we need to clean penalties up. Number two, we got to clean up the defense. That's probably number one, actually. Clean yes, up the defense. We got to make sure we're tackling. We make sure we're not giving up those big runs. Man, you give up a big pass play occasionally. You're gonna have Justin Jefferson out there. That's gonna that's bound to happen. But man, we got to shut down Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook cannot get hot and get the ball rolling. Get that type of possession on their side, and then clean up the the the, the penalties. And then the third thing is we gotta we gotta we gotta generate on offense. We have to generate on offense. Whether it's Teddy, whether it's Tua, or if it's Skyler, it, whoever it is, we need offense from you. We need you to generate. But look, you, you mentioned it. We're giving up pass plays 
for bombs, for touchdowns. And that's happening way too often. Don. We didn't have that in the Jets game. You know what I mean? But we had a 79-yard catch from Hall. It was a catch and run. But it was a break that it was more of like a like a run, basically. Where but are yeah, the it was corners? Where are the corners make coming up to make the tackle? Where's the safety coming up to make a tackle? That's why I, you know, my underwhelming performance of the game was Javon Holland. He did not play well for being the guy who's supposed to be in charge back there and put people in position and Maybe. then lead by example. It might have been too much for him. Maybe he might be, you know, he might rely on his, on Maybe. his one or Maybe. he handles the main, the main guy out there and he's Maybe. able to just kind of cover the rest of the field. But you know what? That's not going to be enough to cut it in the NFL. Not, and that's not, not going to be enough to cut it against the Vikings because that Jefferson kid that's coming down here is not a joke. And, you know, talk shit about Kirk Cousins all you want. He's not afraid to throw interceptions because he's, he knows he can come back and throw a touchdown. Well, the good thing for them, it's not a primetime game. So Yeah, good he, thing for them. And he, look, cho- he chokes on, on those. But, you're um, not worried about Dalvin Cook coming down here and facing our defense? Absolutely I am. But that's what I'm, that's why I'm saying like we need to be able to shut him down and contain him. And if we do that, then we still got to worry about the pass game because they have arguably one of the best receivers in the game, if not the best, right. in, in Justin Jefferson. They also have... Uh, Adam Thielen, who's a, a red zone, you know, monster. Monster. They go to him in the red zone whenever they're in, in whenever they're down there, and then they also have uh, really athletic tight ends. They got that kid likely, and they got Irv Smith Jr. You know, they got really athletic tight ends, and on, on, from the you know the backfield perspective, they got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Yep. Great backup to him. He's a, he's a great. They basically look the same. They were I think Dalvin wears four. Right. He wears two. <laughs> they have dreads. Like they look they're, exactly they're alike, twins, bro. Like almost. any other team that Madison's on, he's the starting running back. Facts. And so this is they they just got a good win they you know they they've they've always historically had a, a decent team the Vikings because they've had these pieces together for for a while now as far as Kirk and, and Dalvin go so I, I don't know I don't know what what to expect obviously I'm going to say the Dolphins win right Oof. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out here and say that you know on our show that the Dolphins so are you're saying Skyler is gonna come in and win this game no I'm gonna say the Dolphins are gonna win this game okay so and the, the defense Dolphins, is stepping up the Dolphins are gonna win this game. Probably is probably going to be like a like a twenty seven twenty four kind of game. I don't know if. Let me say this correctly. <laughs> it's going to be tough to predict the Dolphins' victory. <clears throat> Minnesota's four and one. They're four and zero oh against the spread. Right this year, they're favored by this game in this game right now at three points. They don't have major injuries except for one guy out, which is their one of their cornerbacks, Andrew Booth Jr. For us, you look at our injury report. Yeah, it's bad. Tyreek Hill, questionable. Ahmed, out. Tua, out. Xavier Howard, out. Um, Munson just got put on the practice squad or got cut. It's it's not looking good not for looking this game. Good, man. We're going to need a lot of health quickly. And you know what? We we do have a shot to win this game, but ultimately it's, it's going to come down to mistake-free football. These last three game, these last two games that we've lost, we've lost a turnover battle, and we haven't been able to con- stop the other team from scoring big plays. If we can stop the big plays and maybe put up a, a point or two on a touchdown or two on the offense, then we're giving ourselves a shot. We got, but the defense has to do two things: they have to get a turnover this game, no matter what. They need an interception, bad. They need a fumble, bad. Um, and they need to keep the team under twenty one points, bro. Give us, give ourselves a shot. You know, because Kyler's not going to come in and throw four touchdowns like two, you know, six touchdowns in the game. No, that's not going to happen. I know Martin would probably love that. And speaking of Martin, uh, our third, third mic on OnlyFans. Uh, You can check us out on OnlyFans after the Vikings game. Uh, We'll be recording that and posting it on YouTube like we do every week. Yes, sir. Now uh, let's switch gears 
and talk a little bit about this Hurricanes team because God, bro, let's nah. talk about stuff that we want to talk about. I do want to talk about this, bro. I don't because talk about these scrubs, it's not that they're scrubs, you know. Yes, uh, yes it is. TVD, well, they're scrubs in certain places, right? Defensively, defensively, we, we don't have any real playmakers. All right, so let's get the bottom line out there. The the Miami Hurricanes just lost to the ACC rival. North Carolina. Carolina. North Carolina Tar Heels. What was our 27 to 24. Um, we were down. That's the, that's the score I just predicted for the Dolphins Vikings. Yeah. We were down 27 to 17 heading into the into the fourth. And then TVD, again, playing well, coming back. Uh, 496 yards on the day. Three touchdowns, one INT. 42 of 57. Um, played that's a great. Lot of throws, man. But he played great. He played great. I cannot say that he hasn't played great because this is the type of performances that we need to. We were calling for that I specifically was calling for, and this is what he gave us. Yeah, a great performance, win or lose, because now nobody can say, "Hey, TVD, you're the issue." Yeah, it's just a day late and a dollar short. But, but you know, have that against Middle Tennessee. I get it. You know, but even still, but that, it's good. But it's even good to that, see game, that he still has it. The defense is the one that let us down. Yeah, yeah. you know, but it's good to see that he still has it. I exactly. You know, and, and and that he's slowly building that rapport with his receivers, right? Well, because he, he got the ACC Player of the of the Week, right? I think, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, but look, he connected with what eight different receivers. Um, Mallory had eight for one fifteen. Uh, Brandon Smith five catches for fifty nine yards. Lanson Junior eight catches for fifty nine yards. Uh, Knighton uh, at the backfield, two catches for 56 yards. Production. He was finding guys, moving the ball. Ultimate, uh, and again, I just feel like the defense is what's letting us down now. And I feel like a lot of that could only be corrected by coaching. And I don't know, I don't know if the coaching is gelled enough yet to get these kids to turn it around right now. Because... It's just not working out on offense. On offense, we, we see that Ty, Tyler Van Dyke can make the throws, right? But some of the offensive play calling is questionable. Mm. For sure on defense, for sure whatever hap- is happening on defense is not working, bro. We're working. We're playing this zone coverage that, shit. That scheme is not it. That is getting destroyed. And I don't know if it's because the guys aren't athletic enough to play Man-to-man defense, right? And have a, a safety free roaming at the top or two safeties roaming at the top. Or if they can't tackle enough. It has to be one of those two things. Because when you're in man-to-man, you're responsible for your wide receiver. So even if he does make the catch, you have to be able to stop him right there. Bring him down. Kind of like what we saw with the Dolphins. A lot of these Hurricanes have issues wrapping up guys and bringing them down, bro. Like we saw a little bit of the game on our way up to, to Delray Beach for Delray Beach fight night. And we were looking at it, and it's like, yo, this is not even like, this isn't even smart play calling. It looks like we're trying to run high school plays, you know, where where it's very obvious to the defense what we're trying to do. And then if we execute it, great, it comes out. And if we don't, the offense just stumbles and it stays put and it stutters. How do we fix that, bro? And I don't know if... That's a great question. And you need to fix it, like, right now, dude, because, like... We're already in ACC play. I mean, now we're behind lost. the ball. The season has been lost. The season was been lost, right? Because when we lost to Middle Tennessee State, it's like, all right, this this season is for sure over because there's no way we're running the table here. What the hell is going to happen next? And there were a lot of questions surrounding the program, mainly around Tyler Van Dyke, and he answered all of them. Boom, he's not the issue no more. 
But the defense still remains, and that's the issue. And we, and, and granted, we knew that this um, North Carolina team has a very good offense led by a really good quarterback, but the Hurricanes gave up 470 yards, though. Uh, that's what? That's ridiculous. And we man. put up 538, and we still couldn't win. You talk, you talk about too little, too late. Yep. That's what happens. Yep. We come down, and it's like interceptions to start. Oh, fumble. Oh, three and out. Damn, now we're down 10. Hey, TVD, get ready to throw it. That's not successful football, bro. And in and, and, and this day and age, when you don't have the exciting playmakers or the great offensive line or the backups of the backups who can come in and, and take, you know, some snaps in or whatever at a skill position, how 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 do we expect to win games? Like, TVD playing this good, not being enough, scares me, dog. Because, like, next week he could go out, put 500 yards up, and we can still lose. Yeah, and speaking of next week, they, they go on the road to play Virginia Tech, right? Yep. Um, or I guess this this coming week is, is the way that I like to look at it, not next week. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Virginia Tech, 2-4. and four, They're 1-2 and two in the conference in the ACC. They're, they're not looking too hot themselves. So uh, this is, like, one of those perfect, ideal, rebound, you know, reset button games, hopefully, is right? Is it? It, you know what this game looks like? A trap me? game? It looks like, not even a trap game. It looks like a game that we're playing ourselves in the mirror. And it's like, this is you, who we are. How do you do that, so? How, this, <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> at the man in the mirror. You know what I'm talking about. But in, in all honesty, this is a team who is just like us. They don't have the necessary playmakers or the raw-ass playmakers, right? They don't have the... Good defense to keep them in games. They've lost a bunch. Of, they've given up a ton of points. I don't know if this uh, this defense is good enough to stop them. The game might be fifty seven to sixty, and that's the type of and that's the way that we have to win this game Bro, in a that's shootout. So annoying! It's wild, right? When you see those games to, on college, to let a team like Virginia Tech give like to give them up that many points. But, but explain to me how how anybody who's a real Hurricanes fan and you watch this team week in week out with realistic expectations can say, yeah, this defense is about to turn it on. Nah, hell no, nothing in these five weeks or five games that they've played has shown you that this defense can turn it on <laughs> at any point. It it just doesn't exist, dog, and it sucks because there's back to my first point with the Hurricanes, the coaching. It doesn't look like it's gelling. And there's been a lot of investment into this coaching. Mm. Granted. A lot I, of money. They're going to need time. I get that. I get that. But with that price tag, come expectations. You got to show something for it. Something. And it, and, and it, even if it's to the point right now where you start a redshirt freshman, you say, fuck it. Hey, you're in, kid. You're a five-star recruit. We were going to put you in next year. We we're getting our ass kicked. We we're getting burned. You might as well learn my fire, bro. We're going to throw you out there. I'd rather see that. Don't put those fifth-year juniors out there <laughs> getting smoked. Don't put them out there. Because if we're going to get smoked, I'd rather the kids who are going to be here next year starting or being at least the backup to the starter get those reps. Yeah, Let's get that. Right. You know said, what I mean? We, we've said that. We've said that. And and, and and even bodes well for a guy like Jake Garcia, right? To right. see TVD still doing good and being like, all right, keep working these wide receivers for me. I'm going to be doing my thing in practice. If you need help, I'll come in. No problem. But TVD is going to play well moving forward, it, it seems like to me, right? 
So everybody else kind of has to step up. And and back to the coaching thing, we went away from running the ball, dog. And this game was close. Right. It's not like we were down a lot, gonna, dog. That's what I was going to ask you right now. What'd you think of that? Because you know, twenty four carries as gotta, a team. They got a few, you know forty two yards. Well, we talked about. Give me the stats one more time. When were twenty four carries for forty two yards as a team. Twenty four carries. So can you Harris Junior got eleven carries. Twenty four. He got eleven. And how many? Nineteen yards? yards. I mean, that's just abysmal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, like, that's especially for you know where, where like week two. I think it was they like two of them. I think both of them had a um, hundred yards rushing or something like that on the ground. And then what? Uh, guy in, you know what is it? Jalen Knighton. Yeah, or, yeah. The Knighton came in, came back from injury, and he was doing well in his first game. And they've just kind of gone away from that. I don't, I don't know if it's offensive line issues or just play calling issues, like you're saying. But 24 carries as a team. And don't even mention the yards. I mean, that's garbage. That's not it, you know. And 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 again, I'm not I'm not saying this to hate on 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 Henry Paris Jr. or um, Jalen Lyon. I'm not I'm not saying that. To, but like, no, it's if, not their if, fault. If, if you don't give those guys the reps, how do you expect them to produce? Yeah. Why is TVD throwing the ball fifty something times Bro, if we're not down twenty seven? Dude, we're not down twenty one. We're only down like ten points here. What are we talking about? Where's the commitment to trying to establish something? That's that coaching. You know, the offensive coordinator came in here with a lot of fucking hype. He needs to start backing it up. And you can't and it can't be let me just show off TVD's arm. No. Because we have running backs there. We have five healthy running backs that can be playing for us. Five. Crazy. crazy. And combined, we give them 24 carries this week. Run the damn ball. Run the damn ball. This sounds like week two, one through four of OnlyFans. Hey. But you know what? For for the Hurricanes, they they really, they don't have an excuse. Because at least the Hurricanes have a a real quarterback, and they don't have an offensive line. The Dolphins have a good quarterback in Tua, and their line is getting better. Run the damn ball. Run the damn ball. Look at Mostert. Balled out when he got balled, when he got carries. Wow. Who would have thunk it? Same thing with freaking Parrish, bro. We've seen this kid have monster games. We've seen Knight have, guy, Knight have monster games. How are these kids not getting the carries, dog? Give those guys 20 carries a game. Don't let TVD throw the ball 50-something Look, times. Against the game in Southern, Southern Miss where we won 30-7. to seven. Henry Parrish had 23 carries, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Franklin had 12 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown. That's How that, do they go away from that? Got to put in that work, dog. This dude only has... Parrish Jr. only has 378 yards on the year. Through five games? Through five games. Averaging 4.8. He only has 78 attempts. Next closest, Daddy is Franklin Jr. with 40 attempts for 170. And then after that, Jalen Knight with 26 carries for 110. And all of them are above four averages uh, uh, as far as yards per carry. Above four yards per carry. Run the damn ball with these guys. That's why we have them. You know? That's why we have them. I don't, I, I'm not feeling confident about this Virginia Tech game, man. I'm really not. Damn. It's like I said, bro. We're looking at we're looking at a freaking reflection of ourselves. A team that gets bullied around in the ACC right now. That's who the hell we are. A team that gets bullied around <laughs> by other teams. Yeah. And the U is not back. It's That's not back. Sure. It's not Anybody back. Was it won't be back. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. The U is officially not back. You gotta wait. You got not even wait until next year because. Next year is going to come with a lot of promise, and we still have a bunch of games to look at this year. But things things are going to have to change around Wait. quick 
yeah. in, in Coral Gables. You know, they're going to have to turn around real quick, man. Yeah, last year, this time last year, didn't have a hot start. And it was like, all right, we got to at least try to show something for next year. That was the emergence of Tyler Van Dyke. And we were excited for him this year. Obviously, we know what's been going on. We've been covering it. It's it's not good. So right. they need to scramble and they need to they need to find something to to at least finish off the season and go. You know what? At least we had this go our way and and carry us into the next season, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man. Let's Miami, see. Miami football is on a skid right now, Let's so see. it's a good thing that other sports are coming back. Hell yeah, bro! Big time. Let's talk about one of those sports that are coming back. Which one, bro? Take your pick. We're gonna start with. Uh, Panthers. Okay. No, I like your you like that? Your, your Panther growl. Um, the Panthers, they're they're a team that I can definitely get behind right now. Right? Uh last year they had a great season. Uh historic, broke a lot of records. Um, got into the second round of the playoffs, faced our hated in state rivals, Tampa Bay, and got swept. <laughs> yeah. That happened. That shit sucked. But we made a trade in the offseason. We get some new blood. Uh, got Kachuk back. Been playing well in the preseason for us. And now we're getting ready to start this back up again on Thursday on the road. We had a preseason game on Saturday. Did yeah. You, did you know that? Yeah, I think we won that game, right? No, nope, we did not. We lost that game. You know who we lost that game to? Who? The f- Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning stuff. Five to two. <sighs> yeah, brother. Team, yeah, brother. But, yeah, we're in the preseason right now. Um, the next preseason game is going to be uh, Thursday, October 13th. So oh, that's the regular season. Oh, you're right. The, yeah, yeah, the last preseason yeah, yeah, yeah. game was this past Saturday. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Yep. Sorry, I read that wrong. All good. Um, but, you know, we're starting on the road. I think we play our, our first three games on the road, yep. right? Islanders and then the Sabres. Yeah. So we go to New York. First first stop on the road trip is New York. And that's going to be a real test. You know, uh, like I said, for Matthew Kachuk to come in here and start off on the right foot on the road, um, maybe a little bit easier than performing at home, right? Maybe he can get off... A goal, a couple assists, and something like that. Get some some good well, points going before he comes back home and makes a debut because you never really want to start off with that pressure in front of the fans. You well, know? with the other the other side of the coin too is that the Islanders are coming off a horrific year that they had yep. prior year. They were you know they were um, contenders for the Stanley Cup, and then last year it was abysmal. Their season. Uh, I keep using that. I'm going to exhaust that word this episode. But, yeah, it was abysmal, man. They had a horrible season, so maybe they've done some work. I don't know. I haven't kept up with the Islanders. I, I You know, I don't really keep up with a whole lot of other hockey teams. We don't keep up with those losers. But it could be, you know, it could be they lay down and take it. And, yeah, we get a, our first win on the road, and it's great. Or it could be it's their first, it's their home opener. And they're, you know, they got something to prove. You know, because of what happened last year. I mean, so. I feel like we have we have the the right tools to kind of get started here, right? Um, we still have our goalie duel between Big Bob and Spencer Knight. Those those guys are very consistent, very good goal goal defenders. So having one of those guys to start the season is never an issue for me. Um, yeah, we lost some defense with Uyghur being included in that trade, right? For Matthew Kachuk, sure. But I feel like Eggblad and, and company are up to the task, right, of being like, yo, let's be more of a defensive team this year and men, men, not really, you know, let off the throttle on offense, maybe just not, not let it be the point of emphasis. Kind of start from the back of the ice, play from defense, get some breakouts, and be that type of team where we catch guys on the on the break. Because I really, I, I power really play, bro. Power, power play, bro. We need to step up our power play game because that shit that we did or didn't do, I should say, in the playoffs, we cannot have that again, bro. 
We I need, mean, we need somebody to be be that dude in in crunch time and capitalize on those power plays. I think it's going to be Matthew Kachuk, to be honest, because be. I, I said it on the on the when we got him. You know, I did a little bit of research on him, and in the playoffs, he had like three playoff goals and like six playoff assists on power plays. So specifically, when when his team has the advantage, he's the one who's the catalyst to make something happen for somebody else. This team is full of talent who can put the 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 puck in the back of the net. That that's not an issue for the for the Panthers. We need a catalyst, especially on power plays, like you said. Kachuk is that kid because he's dynamic enough. He's fast enough. He has really good stick handling, um, and 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 just his ability to create those chances um, is gonna you know bode well, obviously for the offense, but more for the guys who were leading us. Um, with points last year, I'm thinking more along the lines of what's this dude's name? His his name escapes me right now. Uh I'm gonna find it. In the meantime, like Barkov, yes, Barkov. Barkov was the one who was balling for us, creating a lot, and he, his consistency—that's the word that Barkov brings. His consistency, along with a dynamic player like Kachuk. That's really going to bode well and maybe take us to that next level, especially on power plays, where it's like, all right, the Panthers are a defensive team. We're only going to limit you guys to one or two goals, but we're going to put up three to four goals a game. Sure. Because last year it was like, especially towards the end of the season, it was like, oh, four to three. Five to three. We're no, winning and, six and three. And our identity was coming coming from behind. We were always, always coming from behind. Like we were never in control and dominating a game. It was always like, oh shit, the the the, the cats were down two goals and they came back and won it in overtime. You know, within ten seconds. I don't know how many times we saw. You know, we, we heard that song last year. So right. I don't know, man. I'm not really too concerned right now with wins or losses. Obviously, we start off with ten losses in a row. I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, um, then we have to switch it up. Switch up the, the joke. for the first three to five games. I'm I'm not so concerned right now with the wins and losses. I want to get familiar with this new team, this new unit, even though it's, we got a lot of the same core, we have some new right. pieces. I want to look at the, you know, what this, um, what this Kachuk kid really has, man. You know, there's a lot of hype behind them. You know, we traded away two of our big guys for him. Right. So I'm going to be focusing in a lot on him and what he's doing out there as far as contributing for our team. And is, is he that immediate leader now on the ice or game one, or is there going to be a little bit of that, you know um, that learning curve, right? Especially with new teammates, and that's why I think this little road trip to start the season is going to help him get rolling a little bit, like, right? Yeah, You're not like playing that. with the pressure of performing in front of your home fans. You can kind of get off to a good start, come back home, and then say, "All right, guys, I'm I'm loosened up. I'm ready to go." Uh, let's see. We know that this team is going to be in playoff contention for sure because there's so much talent on it that Bill Zito has put on this squad and continues to improve this team as the GM. My, my idea is going to be like, where do we end up? Because home ice is super important for us. Super important for us. As, at least in those first two rounds, especially if we got to play a team like I mean, freaking it, Tampa it, Bay. It, it should be, but it didn't matter this year. We had no, it. It didn't, didn't matter. It didn't. You know, let's see. Let's see how we do with power so, plays. We'll keep an eye on that as, as the season progresses. Yeah, Thursday, the puck drops at seven 30 in New York. Uh, Panthers versus Islanders, and then uh, by the time we get back together, we'll have played uh, the Sabres as well on Saturday. Uh, so we'll have a couple games to to feel it out and discuss. Absolutely. Um, let's let's wrap this up, man, with our favorite team. Yes, I said our favorite team because they hook us up with the things that we like the most, man. You know what it is? The UCF Knights, baby. No. Oh. No. 
No, it's not that oh, at all. My bad. Way off. My bad. It's the Miami Heat, bro. Oh, that's right, dog. Pizza mañana. Get the pasta. Hey, it's coming back, baby. We gotta make shirts, bro. And now we're, 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 that's in the works. Well, I know it's in the Shout works. Shout out to my dog, Kev. We're, we're we working. Gotta, we gotta get that final line. Yes, yes, yes. We're, we're working on it. We're working. But, um, yeah, yeah, man. The preseason is officially over, right? Almost over. Um, we got another preseason I, I, game. I think we have like two more left before we, the season officially kicks off on Tuesday. And then we'll be kicking off on Thursday, the nineteenth, right. right? That's right. Right now we're playing the Rockets. Yeah. Um. So the right as we're recording this, uh, you'll have I don't know. Just go look for the results of that game. I mean, um, if you're really interested, right? We're recording this at seven thirty on Monday, so that's when the game is right now. Uh, we play Wednesday. We play another preseason game, and then we take a week off. And the following Wednesday, the nineteenth, is the official start of the season. We play the Bulls at home at seven thirty. Yep. But uh, before that, we got Rockets and we got Pelicans, and we've already played the Grizzlies, the Nets, and the Timberwolves. Yeah. And the cool shit about it is that we've seen the emergence of a couple of guys. Yes, those, sir. Those unknown guys that the Heat are known for. Love it. Right? That get plucked out of nowhere, Last except for the draft pick. Uh, Nikolai, uh, he, he's not unknown. Everybody knows about this sure. kid. Sure. But uh, we're talking about that kid, Kane. Um, impressed. A lot in those in those two preseason games earned himself a I think a two way contract yeah right for fifteen days or some shit like that yeah Jamal Kane is who we're talking about two games seventeen points per game eight point five rebounds three point five steals two assists per game shooting fifty percent from the field fifty four percent from the field fifty percent from three maybe that he found another one solid <laughs> maybe two games that's kind of really back a little bit but I like the I like the fact that. We have that potential to always find guards like this, right? Look at Struess. Well, he's a forward, Look isn't at, he? He's a small forward. He's a small forward, but he he's plays kind like of, the two, three, right? Hybrid. You know, like a hybrid. He's not necessarily a huge guy. Could he be useful? Sure. Hell yeah, because he's like that that wing type player. But back to it, just how the Heat staff dog has this ability to find people out of nowhere and say, "Hey, you want to play some professional basketball for us for cheap?" He's six seven, by the way. Look at that. Which is not huge. That's a normal shooting guard nowadays, you know. Dwayne Wade was 6'4", playing at the 2. 23 years old. Looks like a player. Looks like a player. And again, it's preseason, but the tools are there. And more importantly, the chemistry that he's shown with Nikolai has, has, is what really impressed me the most. Because we saw those guys running that high pick and roll. Um, shout out to Sergio for giving us that, giving that little info there. They ran a lot of high pick and rolls with Nikolai either being the one receiving the ball or coming off the screen to receive the ball in the high post. And then floating little loft passes to Jamal Cain for easy dunks and easy put-ins. I don't, I don't know if you noticed, if you heard that somebody co-signed them. Who co-signed them? This guy right here. Let's see who comes. This is Jamal K, man. Realize who this is. This is Jamal K, man. He's going to be in the league for a long time. Yeah, this is my dog, man. Oh, that's your dog, Bam, huh? That's Bam out of bio right there, dog co-signing. I'm saying the dude's going to be in the league a long time. I would have felt much better if that co-sign comes from Pat Riley and says, hey, this kid is going to be somebody. I'll be like, all right, buy the rookie cards, guys. Buy the Jamal well, King rookie he's cards. On, he's, he, got a, he got a contract, so that's, yeah. that's a tell right there from the Riley side. But the fact that the players, like you're saying, the chemistry is there. You got Bam out of bio. You know what I mean? He's, he's our hopeful superstar in the making, and he likes the kid. 
That was so. my main takeaway with Nikolai. Now, I know that this kid has, like, a lot of experience playing in Europe and stuff like that. And that's all fine and dandy because he's been playing as as, as a pro since being a teenager. That shit's going to bode well for him down the line. But for this year, right, for right now, um, the fact that this kid can hold his own, right, and feel so comfortable, look so comfortable on the floor with a bunch of strangers. Uh, guys that he's been playing with for, like, what, two months, maybe, month and a half? In this preseason, while he's been getting ready from being drafted and whatnot, he looked like he can be a real contributor this season. Like, and, and I was telling, I was telling D Boy, I was like, "Yo, who's he gonna steal the minutes from? Because this kid is gonna steal minutes. There's like, there's too much talent and too much ability in his game for what the the Heat need on the floor right now for him not to be playing. Right? Like, we need a four. This kid is a four. He's six ten. You know what I mean? So, like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> That's the same height as Bam, but he just plays differently as a four, right? And like I was, like I said, who's he's going to steal the minutes from? Because he's definitely stealing minutes. Maybe he's stealing Duncan's minutes. Maybe a guy like Gabe well, Vincent Duncan, Duncan doesn't see the floor. Duncan doesn't have any more minutes. But he's going to get time because of his contract off rip so and who, the fact that he can shoot the three. Who's you our, need that. Who's our five next week? When we And I guess we could talk about this next week technically. But, at, you know, right now let's just talk about that. Who's our five right now? We got Jimmy. We got Kyle, right? So Kyle's playing the For one. Sure. Jimmy's playing the three. You got Bam playing the four, or you got Bam I, I, playing the five? I think I think you start Tyler Hero at the two. I think you start off with a good combination of offense and defense. What about Oladipo? He's gonna have to be six man. He's gonna have to be six man. I say that because Tyler already proved that he can be the six man. Now we need to see if he can be a starter. You get what I'm saying? Okay. So then that that Lowry Hero Jimmy. Jimmy. Bam. Yurts, maybe. I don't know how comfortable Spo is going to be starting with Yurts. And maybe he does it just to go with those first four or, minutes. Or do you put a, a, a Max Struess and then Bam at the five? That's a, a, another possibility. Max started a lot for us last season. That's a possibility also. But then, then we're, you know, kind of what we talked about last week where we're holding Bam back and saying, hey, big guy. I know you don't really want to do this, but go out there and get us 20 and 10 every game while being a defensive monster against guys that are taller than you and outweigh you. So, yeah, defensively, Bam is nasty, and he's gonna, and he's great defensively, but it takes a toll on him, you know, to, to defend a seven-footer plus. Bam's listed at 6'9". So <laughs> Come at, on, dude. That lineup that we just mentioned, he'd be the, the big at 6'9". That's not big enough. And he plays big. Forget about the height, right? Like, yeah, he's 6'9", but does he plays he big. Though, dog? Yeah, does he does. He, always he does. Play big, he does. But, but he's not. What I mean by that is, like, he can cover a seven-footer here and there, but you can't ask him to cover a seven-footer for 35 minutes a game. No. That's a lot. You know? P.J. Tucker, same thing. He's 6'6", six, six, or 6'7", six, playing guys way bigger than him no, because PJ, of his body P.J. type. P.J. 6'8", but, yeah, he does play up to seven feet. He can do it. But if, imagine if you're asking PJ to do that for 30 minutes a game, he's gonna be tired. He's gonna give some shit up. You know what I mean? Oh, like no, PJ Tucker six six. I told you, dog. Not he's not a big guy, yeah. but his body is big, and, right. he, and he can play that big for limited amount of times because of the amount of energy it takes up. Same thing I'm saying with Bam is it takes Bam's energy to defend those big guys. When he's defending guys on the wing, it's not an issue because he has the advantage. 
10 times out of 10. Defending whoever, guards, big men, silky fours, big threes, doesn't matter. Bam is always going to have the, the advantage defensively. But when we're talking about in the paint and a guy backing him down or moving him to get a positioning for a rebound, that's going to take energy. And he's going to lose that energy battle more often than not. But if we can start yurts, I say all of that to say this. If we can start yurts and he can give us five good minutes out the gate, grab three, four, five rebounds, let Bam get comfortable or get going on offense before we ask Bam to take over on defense and bring in the smaller lineup, that would be the biggest key that we can have for this season. Because every game we're starting yurts and he's playing his 10 to 15 minutes a game. But more importantly, in this in those ten to fifteen minutes, we're allowing Bam to take a break so, on defense. So we've had a few preseason games. What have you seen from Yurts so far? That not you a know? lot. Not a lot. If I'm being honest, and I don't think he feels underwhelming. That on uh, he said a lot during like heat day where he was like, "Yeah, Bam's our four. I'm looking forward to playing next to him. This and that and the third. But his if you look at his numbers, they haven't been like, "Oh shit, Yurts is killing it," because he. He's not because he's not. He's but, not kidding. And, and it's uh, is it? We gotta ask. You know, is it coaching? Is it the game plan? Is not meant to run through him. He's just a, a facilitation kind of player or kind of a body on the floor. And then if that is the case, like, is he doing at the absolute most that he can do at that position? You know what I mean? Like, if that's his ceiling, right. like, is he doing everything he needs to be doing, or could he be doing more? Like, if he's just out there to rebound and block, like. All right, dog, get out there, you know, and rebound and block. Like, you know, everybody had – we had our issues with Hassan Whiteside, but when Hassan Whiteside was hot, he was getting triple doubles with blocks, and nobody was saying shit to him. You know what I mean? It was like, Every yo, game, 12 rebounds. A, and, and, and 10 blocks. And it was like, yo, you're productive when you're out there. And then yeah. later on, obviously, he faltered and stuff and kind of lost his way. But, you know, we need him – if you're going to go out there, you're going to you're gonna go zero points. We need you out there getting 10 rebounds and, like, four or five blocks. Yeah. And, and look, if, if I'm being honest – Maybe Yurtz isn't the guy. He, I don't. I, I don't think that he'll end up being the guy. Um, I don't me think personally, he's caliber. I, I don't think so either. Not right now. Uh, could he be? Yeah, in the future. Maybe. Right now. Right now, the solution for right now, the big man would be, you know, bring in Miles Turner, man. Find a way to trade for Miles Turner. Yeah, make a signing. Or it's, it might be, you know, a situation where we we start off the season not so great. Right, we kind of didn't really change anything, kept it going, and like maybe we win a couple games, but like we get exploited because we don't have a big, and then that forces our hand, right? Maybe 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 something bad has to happen before we can get something like that. Let's see, or maybe small ball works. Maybe we can go out there and dominate with small ball, and it it does work. We've seen it with Jimmy in the lineup. It's it's gonna work because he's gonna force it. He's that MVP caliber type player that he's gonna make it work. But if we're talking about optimizing the lineup, optimizing the talent, optimizing the chances, uh, yeah, you know, we're going to need guys who can really make plays, and we're going to need guys who can make plays consistently. Omar is not that guy. He's not that guy right now. Yeah, the you game know? just started right now with the Rockets. The yeah, Rockets he did, he's out with an ankle injury. And look, uh, in these games, preseason games, two points, two points, two points, four points, zero points. Nobody, no matter. I don't think that man's going to cut it. But I have high hopes for him. And I also have high hopes for us trading for Miles Turner. I'm just saying. We can trade no, for a lot this guy. Of, a guy a lot will of, be a beast. A lot of people have said that. A lot of people have shared it's that. The move. So it's the it move. It makes sense. We do. We need somebody big, and he would be a good piece. I think he, that might be a, a good piece for us. So Strong piece, man. We're going to break it down a little bit more next week. You know yeah, us, we bro. Got, we don't, we don't, we don't want to go too in-depth. Not too we do deep. Have Not too deep. Next we got, week to talk before. I have a little secret guest or something like that. You never know. 
Well, shit, secret to me. I don't even know. You keep you keep a lot from me, dog. You nah, know, man, you need to be just, more you know? open with your boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, damn it, bro! You know what? I think that's a good good note to end the episode nope, on, dog. No, you want to? You what? What else do you want to contribute? Here, I mean, bro? the last thing that I just want to touch on was I wanted to say shout out to Black Sheep Boxing Promotions. Give it to him. Shout em. out to the Delray Fight Night. I Give mean, it to him, dog. We had a hell of a time on Saturday out there. What? Shout out um, to Jose too for helping us out, man. We we needed that big time. Yeah, shout out to my dog Jose. We needed that third camera uh, out there and, and running around, just kind of giving us a hand. Um, but shout out to Justin, man. It was a hell of a time. Um, and Justin, Joseph. Justin, if you've seen the Francesco Ricci um, interview that we've done, um, he's from one of Frank's trainers and coaches. Right. Um, he's actually in the video. You can see him, you know, um, holding bags for him or whatnot. Holding the mitts. Holding the mitts as he's practicing and whatnot. And um, this is an event that him and his partner, Yusef, uh, yep. set up. Uh, I think it's the second annual one, and they want to try to ramp this up and do more of it. was our first one. Yes, which was so dope, man. So dope. First of all, <clears throat> we didn't expect it to go as well as it did. No. We thought we were going to have a run into a lot more issues, but – we had a perfect section right where the fighters were walking in and out of. Like we had, uh, uh, we had our light was like the main light of that area. Yes. So we came in handy. We saved the day because if not, it would have been dark as shit for everybody walking in and out. Nobody would have been kinda, able to see shit. Without it was kind of like light. a holding area, right, for like yeah. all the fighters. So like we for had sure. first access to all the fighters and stuff, and then we have full access to everything. We're able to walk up ringside, sit down, a walk, lot of good walk content. around, man. We were. I was lifting up barricades. I'm like, yo, I'm just flashing my wristband. I'm like, I'm media. I'm media, dude. Uh, Can't give these guys nothing you hear me justin it, it was it was great dog we got a lot of content i can't wait to start putting that video together whenever Absolutely. i get back from my trip bro what a what a an excellent event right um a wonderful ed, arena for an event the delray beach tennis center that they had it at uh open air beautiful ring lights were set up perfectly the entire thing was set up cor- per- hello, hello correctly production um, even our space, right? Uh, which normally wasn't intended for that area, but we had to make some adjustments and everything went smoothly. We got our backdrop. Everything went smooth with the fighters entering and exiting the ring as well. Um, shout out to the DJ as well for hooking us up with, with good audio. But the whole event went, went on without a hitch, even though it rained. Like it was, a, it rained for like maybe what, 10 minutes? Maybe like 20. Maybe 10 to 20 minutes. And it sucked, again, because it was outdoor and it was open in that, you know, tennis center or whatever. But, bro, quick reaction. Quick reaction from the entire team on the production. They put two tarps, three tarps, excuse me, all over the ring, make sure that none of the equipment on the ring was getting wet. Everything was protected. And as soon as the rain cleared up, these guys were up and running in five minutes. Yeah, they came came back and and we just kind of picked up where we left off. I think we only, they dropped off one fight. That's it. I think the rain might have messed that up and that was the the issue. But nobody really noticed. We got to see Greg Hardy fight. Yes, sir. He got a pro boxing debut, man. Yeah, his pro boxing debut. He got a victory. Uh, I think he had an inferior opponent. Yeah. I think that, you know, the next UFC fighter, granted, he didn't have the best career in, in, in the UFC, but um, that dude's a beast, man. You know, he's had an, he's been an NFL end. player now, in the, you know, in a, a great NFL player as, as for the position that he played at D-line. He was really, really good at what he did. Right. Bald guys got through, you know, got to the QB. Now, as an MMA fighter, wasn't the greatest, but that's MMA is a little bit different. There. Like he was able to compete with these right. guys that have been trained for this forever, and he and just now got in into boxing. it. And then now boxing, and he he looked good, man. He looked nimble. Maybe in boxing might be better for him because it, it takes out a lot of the grappling elements and the other stuff of of MMA. Right. So he gets just to focus on his hands. And for a big dude, man, he moves really really well, and he has power for days. I mean, he got an, he, he won by knockout. Scary no movement there. 
scary movement because he's 300 plus pounds yeah, and he was really real good footwork moving with his feet and moving his upper body that's a lot harder for heavyweights to do they tend to stand there and really be a body back for another heavyweight to land punches on this dude was moving side to side a lot of head movement a lot of good mid work to protect his his blind side um Impressed. Obviously, it was an inferior opponent, like you said. But to go out there and, and no, not, this is that dude. It no, takes no, balls no. It takes balls. Greg Hardy. Hell yeah. It's hey. just you can. I mean, I'm not an avid boxing fan, but just looking at the two guys, you can tell that there was a little right. bit of a difference there for sure. And look for your first fight, you're not expecting to fight somebody who's that established, right? You're trying to get your feet wet in the sport, and that's exactly what Greg was able to achieve. And I think that it was a good performance for him. And like we said in the post fight interview, which you guys. Are going to be able to check out on our youtube page make sure you're subscribed if not you're not going to find it so he said like um or he made emphasis to his training and how this was much easier for him to train for because he doesn't have to worry about like you said people grabbing him going to be interesting what his boxing career looks like a guy who's heavy um can take a punch looks like um can also throw bombs and hang and has good cardio we know he has good cardio it's going to be interesting. Let's yep. see what's up next for him, man. Hopefully, we get to cover more. But the whole night was great. A lot of great yeah, fights. Man. That Shout out to Black Sheep. Shout got, out to uh, Delray Beach Fight Night, man. We got a lot of great content. Can't wait to put that together and put that out for you guys. So, I just wanted to shout that out before we got out of here. But Good call. We can start making our way. Good call. And you know what time it is, man. Uh, everybody, if you haven't heard this already, I'm pretty sure you have. Exhausted Go tell already. a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. Matter of fact, while they're at it, tell them to tell one more friend. And one more friend about this amazing production that we got going on here. Multiple cameras, lighting, effects, uh, interviews. We got we got it all. What else could you guys want? And if you do know what you else want, let me know. But main thing is to subscribe. That's Hit it. that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit that like button. Drop a comment on our latest video and let us know how we doing. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.